We are on a mission to help lawyers and law firm owners maximize wealth and achieve financial independence. Welcome to The Lawyer Millionaire with Darren Wirtz from Wirtz Financial Services. In this podcast, we will help you build wealth, minimize your taxes, and plan for retirement with money management strategies designed for the legal profession. Join us in this journey where we help you manage your money so you can make the most of your future. Start feeling confident in knowing you are well prepared for retirement and on track to financial independence. Now on to the show. Running a law firm is hard work enough. How about running a law firm and several other businesses and throw in a nonprofit while you're at it? Our guest today does all of that with ease, and he's here to tell us all about it. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Lawyer Millionaire podcast, the show dedicated to wealth building for law firm owners. I'm Darren Wirtz, financial planner and your host, guiding you on this journey. Today, we're delighted to be joined by a special guest who has brilliantly tread the line between law and business. He's a master at navigating the financial terrain of running a law firm, and there's a wealth of knowledge for each of us to draw from his experiences. I'm talking about none other than Dan Fulkerson, co-founder and managing partner at Bata Fulkerson Law Group. Welcome to the show, Dan. Thank you for having me. All right. Yes. And uh, you have a friend with you here, those those who are listening by audio can't see, but tell us about your uh, our other guest who's on the show today. You're missing out if you can't see him. It's Teddy. It's one of the rescue Frenchies. He's been with me for about three and a half years. I have a bulldog rescue. That's what I do when I'm not lawyering and running a business is rescue bulldogs. And Teddy's one of uh, the products of the rescue and he's not going anywhere. He comes everywhere with me. <laughs> he is. He is so cute. I love it. So, and I want to hear more about that, but before we dive into more of all the great things that you do, why don't you just tell our audience a little bit about who you are and the law firm that you run? Yeah, so I run Botta Fulkerson Law Group with my partner, Paul Botta. We started it in 2016, just the two of us. Um, didn't really have a, a ton of a plan. I have my background in business. I was lucky enough to be able to do my MBA at the same time I did my law degree. So I did both of them in two and a half years in San Diego. And that's always been kind of the way that my mind works. So when I had the opportunity, started Botta Fulkerson and grew it from the two of us. Now there is 30 of us. We have a 10 attorney team. We're in San Diego, also in Idaho, doing personal injury. That's all my office does is personal injury. But we've built, you know, a powerhouse firm in seven years running against the grain, doing it different than you know, what I've seen any other personal injury firm do. And I think that's been part of the secret of the success. Yeah, that's incredible. You've got a lot going on there. Um, so one of the things I want to start off by asking you, you know, with with everything that you're doing with your law firm and your businesses that you run, um, how do you find balance? How are you able to strike such a perfect balance and and balance all of these various things in your life at the same time? So uh, probably unconventional. I just don't believe in balance. I don't think there is balance. Um, I think that if you're striving for balance, you're going to frustrate yourself as a business owner when you're starting a new business. It's it eats your life. And I tell young business owners that all the time. I'm like, if I see on your Instagram stories that you're in Coachella and you're one year in your business, I'm doubting whether you're making it to the finish line because you really do have to go all in. And the early part of Botta Fulkerson 
we were working seven days a week. I mean, that was just the way that it worked. Like you, you have to put in the time. There has to be life sacrifice. That's how my whole life has worked. When everyone in law school was out partying, I was at a valet stand valeting cars because that's what I needed to do to survive. And I think that you have to make choices in life on sacrificing on the short end for the long term. And that's just business. Now, in order to not have it eat your soul and burn you out, my trick is I surround myself with all the things that I love and all the people that I love. So I've built my firm around bulldogs. I've built my firm around, you know, my law partner is one of my best friends in the world. Going to work every day doesn't feel like work because we're having a good time. And so when you build things around all the things you're passionate about, you can work and run really hard and put in a lot of time and you don't burn out because you really enjoy the process. And that's been part of the way that we've built it. Yeah, that's a great um, way to think about it. Uh, building the things you love into that routine and into what you do already. And one of the things you love is uh, Bulldogs. Tell us about the nonprofit that you have and the work you do with Bulldogs. Yeah, I sit on six different, six or seven, six different nonprofit boards right now. Um, I've helped start two of them. Save a Bully is the bulldog rescue. We rescue French and English bulldogs, try to find as many homes for as many dogs as we possibly can. San Diego, unfortunately, is a big breeder community. And when breeders get done breeding dogs, they ditch them on the streets. So Teddy was a product of that. Teddy got ditched in a box and left to fend for himself. And that's how he came into my life. And, you know, my bullies are, are rescues. They're amazing dogs. Uh, they just need good homes that are going to give them a better second half of their life than they had on the first half. And so that's, you know, a big passion of mine. These dogs, you know, are amazing. They run my life. They run my firm. And so my give back is trying to find as many of them homes as possible. So that's Save a Bully. Um, also have, you know, five other nonprofits that are really close to my heart. I think that doing that is a really big part of life and community and perspective and giving back. So it's something that I always try to find and make time for. Yeah, absolutely. And how do you tie that work into your law practice or how does that impact your your work as an attorney and as a law firm owner? I try to tie all the ancillary businesses and all the nonprofits back to the law firm. Like I said, it's like building a life around the things you're passionate about and then you can do you can really, you know, kind of stack things. Uh, when we started Botta Fulkerson, I saw in the personal injury space that there was very few firms that were community oriented. It was greedy, sleazy, slimy ambulance chaser. And that was not a reputation I was okay with. And I understood it because I saw it and I, I had been in it and I realized that that reputation was deserved. But in order to break that, you had to do things differently. One of the things we did from the start was we started a community fund. And when we would settle a case, we would put a percentage of that case into a fund that would grow as we grew and that money would go to different community causes started with one cause and then as we got bigger and the fund got bigger we were able to expand on that mission and it's a, enabled us to i mean we've had such an impact 
that I now looking back, it's it's one of those surreal things for me. Like we have a food pantry now that gives out over a million meals every single year to the community in San Diego. We have a nonprofit I sit on the board of that helps gold star families that usually have lost a father to combat or to suicide and matches their children with a veteran mentor. Um, we help with Rady's Children's Hospital's prom for terminal cancer and kids with terminal cancer that can't make it to their own prom. I help start a nonprofit called the Positive Movement that was adopting or is adopting local schools that have the highest homeless populations in San Diego. And our team helps us pick these missions and causes. Our team, uh, as we grow, you know, when we have more funds, we kind of have a group meeting and go, what are you guys passionate about? What do you want to get back to? What do you want to give your time to? And that's how we picked up so many different nonprofits. There's 20 different nonprofits that we help with on a very, very regular basis. And that's a huge part of who we are. And it's not just talk. It's real. It's it's really how the firm is built. And it has helped us in camaraderie and, and just positive energy and life perspective so much. And so that's a really, really big part about a Fulkerson. And it's also you know, similar way that I've, that I've pulled in these ancillary businesses as well. That's really cool. And I, I never really guess thought about that aspect of it. Um, having an impact, you know, your community efforts, not just, you know, in the broader community in terms of your reputation and your, your goodwill and what people think about you outside, but also internally and the camaraderie of your team. Um, that's, that's a very interesting perspective um, and I'm wondering, are there other guiding principles? You know, that's obviously one of them, your, your give back to the community. Are there other principles that you use that are, that guide you in, in how you operate and run your practice? So complete transparency. I've seen hide the ball games with personal injury firms. I just don't think that that's how it should work. So I work off blunt and complete transparency. I just think that people deserve that. They shouldn't be chasing their tail. Uh, I don't like the greed that's in my industry. I will never take a dollar more on our fees than what our clients put in their pocket. Like there's just certain things that I've seen that I just don't want to be a part of. I don't like the solicitous model. I'm never going to be a soliciting attorney. You're not going to see my face on a big billboard somewhere. I do brand advertising with the Bulldogs. Like that's what's always worked for me because I feel slimy doing something different than that. And I know that that's a teach their own, but I just don't want to play that game. So it's just, it, we really have tried to run in the opposite direction of what I've seen other personal injury firms do. And it's worked out really well. And I think that people really do respect it and appreciate it. And, you know, we don't have a $100,000 marketing budget every single month, which is pretty normal for a lot of these bigger marketing firms. And we're busier than they are. And it's all word of mouth reputation. It's all community reputation. And that is so much better than having to get a client in that called you off a billboard that, you know, who knows the, I guess, bluntly, what I'd like to say is I, I want to represent nice people. I don't have time for assholes. And that's kind of where I've gotten. And when you do that mass marketing, unfortunately, you have a tendency to get a lot of assholes and you're also having to sell to them. And when they come in, you feel like you're in the seat where you're like, well, here's why you should go with us. I haven't been in that seat for a very long time. I'm in the seat of let me meet you to see if I want to take your case. And that is a totally different position to be in and it's very liberating and it allows me to run a practice that I enjoy because I'm helping people that I want to help. 
That's incredible and very refreshing because most of what you hear these days is not that. It's, you know, you need to be on social media. You need to be doing all these different, and you're big on social media, but you're doing it in a, a kind of a different way that's more relatable, that's more authentic. Um, so that's, yeah, that's an interesting approach, I feel like. Did you always have this idea that you wanted to kind of build a different law firm that had a different reputation and that could make that community um, reputation? Or or was it, did you have an aha moment at which you decided that this was the kind of thing you wanted to build? I'd say a little bit of both. I mean, we knew from the day we started because my partner and I had both seen, you know, the the normal personal injury model and worked in it and didn't like it. I, I, I left the place I was at cause it was eating my soul. Like I just, I was not a fan of that model where it's, you know, it seems like it's money over people. And so we knew that we were going to build it different. That was, there was no doubt about that, but there were certainly aha moments along the way, but our marketing approach has always been very different compared to other law firms. I mean, from day one, we came out with a bulldog mascot and a bulldog logo. That's not a normal thing. Paul and I were, you know, texting back and forth at 12 o'clock at night, exchanging shields of, you know, justice and scales and all the normal law firm things. And I finally sent him a text and said, can we just go with a bulldog? And he's like, why not? And so, you know, it's always been a little different. One of our first guerrilla marketing moves was I did, I got an artist to put two of my Bulldogs faces together to create our logo. And we put it all on a, a black t-shirt and with glasses, looks like an attorney Bulldog wearing a tie. It's our logo. You know us, you, you know it. And I gave out a thousand t-shirts of that. And in an early day of an early law firm, a thousand t-shirts probably cost us, I don't know, 10 grand to do it. My law partner was like, what are you doing? You're spending 10 grand on t-shirts. And I, you know, just have faith, like it'll work. And we had you know, a thousand walking billboards out in the community and people loving the shirts, posting the shirts and it just spread. And so that was kind of the first where we were like, oh, this works like and people like it and people like the brand. And if they like the brand, you're not forcing them to wear like a Culligan water shirt that they're like, ah, what am I going to do with this? It's going to sit in my closet. Like people are grabbing this to wear it when they go to a Padres game. They enjoy it. And so, you know, that was that was definitely an aha moment to lean into the brand. And then I think just when it came to like how we were going to build the firm and how we were going to practice, we had a moment 18 months in, and it's a story I've told before where we had, uh, we didn't take a dollar out of the business to start for 18 months. We didn't make a dollar. I have, there's business principles that I will not go away from. And one of those is you better have six months of your overhead in an account before you start taking any sort of distribution. And I see too many business owners start taking money off the table way too early. And I watch them. They'll like hit a big case and then they'll drive up in a Mercedes. And I'm like, that could have gone to your next six cases, you know, and it's just people are short sighted when it comes to those kind of investments and money, in my opinion. So my big push to Paul was, hey, we're not going to take a dollar until we have six months and we're also going to grow during that time. Like we're going to hire a head litigation attorney. We're going to hire staff. We're going to have an office. We're going to do these things. And so it took us 18 months to get green and probably at month 17, 
we had a big case, not a big case, but it was a, a big injury case where a young man, 30 years old, was driving up uh, a mountain road and there was a car that had a GoPro, stupid, 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 strapped on the front of his car and on the back of his car. And he was filming himself drifting corners on this mountain road. And he drifted into my client's lane and caught my client who was on his Ducati and threw my client 15 feet into the air and had him come down on his neck and his shoulders, severing every single nerve in his left arm, leaving his left arm paralyzed and dead. He'll never be able to use his left arm again. This young man had just had his first son. His son was two months old at the time. He was an airplane mechanic um, that had come to the United States maybe three years before. He lost his livelihood in that moment, and there was only a $250,000 policy there to recover from. Our take on that policy would have been 80 some thousand dollars and I just knew that that was not something that we were going to be able to do. We weren't going to be able to take that money, and that money would have got us green. Uh, Paul had come to me earlier that month and asked me if he could start driving Uber because he had no money left in his savings and reserves and was just depleted, and i begged him to hold on and that we would get where we needed to be very shortly. And then that case settlement came and I had to go to him and go, Paul, we can't take this money. We got to give this money back to the client and we should just do this thing, you know, for him and for God and for the right reasons. And Paul went with it. And that's why I love Paul. And I picked the best law partner on earth and we donated that money back to the client so he could buy his house. And so he could have a little bit more cushion and in that moment, I realized that we weren't going to run a normal firm and that we weren't going to have normal, you know, business principles, if you will, where profit is what comes first. And from that moment going on, we started getting some of the biggest cases that I've ever had in my career. And I just think that there's a life energy to that. And when you put people first and you do right for the right reasons, it comes back around. And so that's just how we've built and we've We've made sure that that is a big tenet of our business. If I need to waive fees on a case, I'm waiving fees on a case. If I need to work for free on a case, I'm working for free on a case. Like That's part of what we should do as professionals. We are well compensated. We are lucky to live great lives. You better be paying that forward every day. Yeah. Amazing stuff. And, a, and an incredible story of how you got started. Um that hard work and that patience and that a little bit of faith in there, a little bit of belief that it was going to pay off and, and the dividends were going to come in. Um, what was it like going through that process? Was was Do you have some moments where you were questioning yourself? I'm a big mind's eye person. Like whether you want to call it manifestation or whatever you want to label it, like that's how my life's always works. Like, so I... I've had no doubt. Like I, when I was at the valet stand flipping through note cards, studying for law school and everyone was like, you know, Oh, good luck. I knew I was going to be all right. Like I've always known that I had a brain to make money and that I've always had a business savvy to me. So I've never had any doubt that we were going to be successful. And I always knew Bada Fulkerson would be successful. Like it's just something that I've had utter faith in and whether that's blind faith or it's confidence based on just the way that I see the world I couldn't tell you but I've never had any doubts that we were going to be successful and get to where we are now are there moments like we bought our building off the five freeway and it is the bulldog building in San Diego like I walked into that thing the first time after it was built out it was the most surreal experience of my life like this is this is ours like this we built this um 
And so there's definitely moments that are like that, but I'm not surprised that we've built what we've built. Like I, I knew that we were going to do this. It's just, it's been a ride. Yeah. That's one of the, one of the things I love about owning your own business is you have that self-determination. And that was kind of what it was like for me getting started. There was no money for a while, but you know, I, I just knew that it was going to start working. The gears were going to start turning and things were going to start um, moving in a positive direction. Now you scaled pretty quickly, it sounds like, uh, because yeah. you were you know, hiring and bringing people on quickly. Was there a particular like organizational structure or methodology that you use or that you use now that you have found to be very effective? Uh, hire people that are better than me at the things that I don't have the the highest skill sets at. I'm very good at the things I'm very good at. And then there's things where I'm lacking completely. Uh, Paul calls me an idiot savant. He's like, you are a savant at a lot of things and an idiot at a lot of things. And it is, it's very true. Like there's a lot of things that I shouldn't be doing. And so we hired around those very, very quickly and spent good money. I'm, I've seen other firms and they're so greedy with keeping money to themselves and not sharing it with employees and with associates. And my payment structure is different than any other firm. And I have these other, you know, firm owners that are like, you're crazy. You're paying that much. And I'm like, my people don't leave. They love me. Like they love the firm. They love the culture. It's part of the family. And they go and get every last piece off of that bone on a case because their payment structure rewards them to do that. They're not capped. They don't have a ceiling on them. They don't put in their time and then, oh, I've done what I need to do. They go and they put in every little bit extra. And that comes back to the client, which then comes back to the firm and referrals and reputation and everyone wins. And I want to see my people be be able to build their best lives and be able to go buy their first homes and be able to go build their families. Like I kick people out of the office at 530. I don't want people that are there till 839 at night. Like that is not a life. Like we do not live to work. That's not how it should be. And so we've just built a different type of environment. And I think that that's been a big, big part of it. But it's also been built around really, really high quality people. I mean, I've, my litigation team, I put them up against anyone like, and I've had to go out of my way to find really good litigators. And when you're looking for people like that, they're interviewing at 10 different firms and they have their choice and they've gone with us because they see that the model we built one is going to reward them two is family first and three, it's a really ethical law practice that's built on morals and built on doing things the right way. And you get into certain practices and you you see corners get cut. Yeah, absolutely. Now, earlier you mentioned uh, having six months of, of revenue before you were going to take anything from the business as one of your initial foundational principles. And yep. you have a, a business degree in addition to your law degree. I'm curious, are there other business principles that have been really, really powerful for you? Or how have you used your business acumen to help you in building and growing your law practice? So my business background, I mean, you probably know this, you speak to a lot of legal professionals. Legal professionals are great at the law. They shy away from the business. Like a lot of them don't know how to read a P&L. 
like the basics of business just escape them, the basics of money and taxes and things of that nature. And you'll see them lose a big case and come back and fire half their staff. And I just look at it and I'm like, this is not a, this is not a sound business. Like this is not how a business is supposed to be run. You shouldn't have those, you know, roller coaster rides. That's just not what a, what a stable business does. And so, yeah, there's definitely principles like that. And then there's also systems and processes. Most businesses, most legal businesses just, just work. Like you're making more money than you're, than you're spending. So you keep rolling, but there's no tracking. There's no monitoring. My business is systems and processes. Everyone has a flow chart in my office for what they need to be doing. And that is from when someone rings the doorbell as a new client, who's answering that door? What are you saying to them? Where are you putting them? What are you offering them? When the attorney meets with that person, what are they asking? Where's that information? Like every single Part of my office has a system and process to it. And when a new employee comes in, here's your manual. Here's what you got to learn. This is this, you know, job. This is what you have to, here's some videos that you need to watch and they're plugged in. And it's what I call an alien abduction manual. And everyone should have it because if not, guess what? You are a slave to your business. And that is not being a business owner. Like that is the, you're an employee now again to your business. And so there is an alien abduction manual for me. If I want to disappear for six weeks, someone could step in and go, this is what Dan does. There's some weird stuff on that manual for me because I'm not normal, but someone could figure it out and figure out how to pick up the slack if I was gone. And that's for every employee in my business and every position in my business. And that has allowed us to scale. That unfortunately takes time. Breaking those things down, being self-analytical, really spending time to flow chart out and soaps, whatever you want to call them, put them in place, takes a lot of time. And it's monotonous. And I used to hate it. Now I don't hate it as much. I see the value of it. And so I kind of have swallowed my pride on pushing back on it and now i'm just embracing and go okay this is what it is as we grow but now that's that's what allows us to move to a different state and have a multi-state practice and multi-office practice and it's very 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 rewarding to know that the work that you put in early on does pay off yeah yeah great stuff systems and processes uh and putting in the time to set those up now these are these are things that people can do. These are steps that can people can take. But you're so right. So often, law firm owners neglect taking the time to set up those systems and those processes and procedures. I was talking with a law firm owner just the other day, and he was asking me, how can I, I really want to take my law firm to the next level. I really want to increase my revenue, scale. And I was like, okay, well, here are the basics. Here are the fundamentals. And these are things that you can do you just have to execute on them. You just have to yep. put them into place and and put these practices into place. And I'm so glad you mentioned um, leaving money in your business because what I see, and I don't know if you see this with a lot of other law firm owners, but a lot of times owners take all of the the profit out of the business and they have yep. no liquidity left in the business at all. <laughs> you gotta leave, yeah, you gotta leave some emergency funds over there. You have to have some liquidity. And, you know, because financial stability is really critical, especially in personal injury. So um, I guess one more question I would have for you. Are there like um, 
any specific uh, strategies or, or methods that you've used to really help you with that stability in the personal injury space because and deal with those huge swings in revenue that you can often experience? I, it's pretty easy if you follow that basic principle of having six months of overhead. Like I've, that's never failed me. Like if you if you have six months of overhead sitting in your account when COVID came, everyone looks at personal injury, and I always did too. This is a recession-proof business. Is the economy gets worse and society starts to crack? Guess what? There's more accidents. There's more people not paying attention. There's more chaos. Personal injury firms usually get busier. That was true up until COVID. And then you wake up and you look at your freeway and there's not a car on the road and you go, oh, shit, this is different. Didn't see this coming. What are you going to do when no one's in the world and everyone's sitting at home? There's no injury cases, which is a good thing, by the way. Like that is a fantastic byproduct of the situation. But as a personal injury law firmer, law firm owner, I saw firms panic. Like, we're not going to pay our rent. We're not going to be able to survive. I just kind of laughed. I got six months in the bank. Like, I can outlast this. It's not going to last for forever. And sure enough, like, you saw firms shutting down, firing people, laying off staff, doing all these things. We didn't have to do anything. We just operated as normal. And when it started to flow again, it started to flow faster than it ever had before. So it was not even a bump in the road to us. And I think that that six months allows me to sleep at night. And being able to sleep at night is well worth the money sacrifice to make sure that your business is always liquid and that you always have money to pay people and you always have money. For example, this last month, we decided to buy a, a building in Boise because I was looking at rent prices and looking at signing a lease for our Boise office, and it just didn't make sense to me. And so we're making the move. We're in escrow right now on a building space in downtown Boise. Why can I do that on the fly? Because I got that six months sitting there. It makes it a lot easier to make those kind of lateral moves and pivots when you need to. Whereas most businesses are like, oh, shoot, this is the move I'd like to make it. I got to save for three or four months to be able to even like make this move. And then that move might not be there. And so it allows you to be able to make quick moves and it allows you to take opportunities that come on your plate and actually run with them instead of going, oh, I wish I really could have, but I already spent this money on X, Y, and Z. Yeah, absolutely. And then, you know, that cash you have sitting aside can be sitting somewhere earning interest for you, you know, thousand percent, which is even kind of, like this. Yeah, right. Right. For yeah. sure. Good stuff, Dan. Well, we're coming to the end of our time here. Unfortunately, I've got one more question for you. You're opening up a new office. I want to hear more about some of your future plans. And I want to ask you, what is your definition of retirement? The retirement question is a funny one to me because I've always told people at 45 years old, I'm out, like I'm gone. Come find me on a dog rescue ranch and that's what I'll be doing is rescuing dogs. As I age and mature, I realize that, you know, I, I'm not built to sit around. I'd go crazy. Like I, I love what I do, but I am making major moves and pivots in my life where I'm going to have much more time in my life. I want to have a family. I want to be a good husband. I want to be a good dad. I want to be able to be there 
I don't want to work seven days a week. Like I want to be able to work when I want to work. So I'm moving towards that and I'm hiring towards that and I'm systematizing towards that. Do I think I'm ever going to just check out of the game? No, probably not. It's probably not the reality. Like I really enjoy doing what I do, but my priority will not be running and building a law firm. My priority will be my family. And that's where I'm making moves towards. And so that's my future. That's what quote unquote retirement looks like. But I, I mean, I'll, I'll probably be doing this for a long time. I love it. Good stuff. All right, Dan, well, would you please share with our audience uh, how they can find you and learn more about you and your work? Of course. So Bata Fulkerson, B-A-T-T-A, Fulkerson is F-U-L-K-E-R-S-O-N, Bata Fulkerson on Instagram. My handles are Dan Fulkerson and then also at the Bulldog Lawyer as well. You can reach me anytime on my cell phone, 858-252-2222. I try to help as many young lawyers, law students that reach out as possible, give straightforward guidance and answer questions and do whatever I can to uh give back there because that's, you know, what you should do. And I wouldn't be where I would, I am at today without people helping me and giving me a hand and an ear and advice. And so you can reach out to me anytime. Um, also a big book giver. So if you need book recommendations, reach out to me and I'm happy to share those as well. Awesome. Thanks so much, Dan. And thank you, the listener for joining us today for another insightful episode of the lawyer millionaire podcast. Running a successful firm is a balance of legal expertise and business savvy. We hope this conversation has inspired you and fueled your resolve to build a thriving, profitable practice and make a positive impact in your community. Join us next time for more stories and tips and strategies from other successful law firm owners. To make sure you never miss an episode, hit the subscribe button. And if you like what you hear, don't forget to leave us a review. At The Lawyer Millionaire, we partner with ambitious law firm owners, enabling you to find clarity and gain control over your personal finances so that you can create wealth and achieve your lifelong dreams. Learn more and schedule a time to chat with me at thelawyermillionaire.com. I'm Darren Wirtz. Goodbye for now and take care. Thank you for listening to The Lawyer Millionaire. Click the follow button below to be notified when new episodes become available. This content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. This content is not intended to represent investing or tax advice. Always seek the advice of a qualified investment or tax advisor with any questions you may have regarding your own financial circumstances.